are live, <laughs> and we got another episode for y'all. A returning guest, fellow Twitch FIFA streamer here in Cali, Valhalla Revenant. How we doing, man? Doing good, doing good. How you doing, Uncle Bala? Uh, doing good, man. Just chilling, chilling for the day. Um, but I'm glad we're able to set this up again. Oh, uh, so excited. You, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I know you had some assignments. You got schoolwork. How's the school going for you? School's going good so far. You know, it's a uh, one class is a little fast paced as my psychology class, but the rest are pretty, pretty, pretty at an average pace. I should say I'm able to do what I kind of need to do day by day. I kind of have mm-hmm. a schedule set up for myself. Yeah. Uh, only got to go to campus for one class. And that'd be uh, math, which is pre-calculus mixed with college algebra. Mm-hmm. And I have to go to that twice a week. But all my homework tests and stuff like that is mostly done online, which is pretty, pretty nice because that's not much. I don't have to deal with a lot of paperwork. Don't worry about, you know, miss uh, losing my losing my assignments, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we- then... Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably one of the easier classes and the other three classes I do, they're all online. There's no lecture or anything. It's all basically like I read over books and stuff like that. And just self-taught. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have Kane sauce in the chat. What's up, Kane? He said, this is the, <laughs> this is the episode that he's been waiting for. So I'm oh, glad. is it now? Yeah. I'm glad uh, we're here Mr. to deliver. Sauce. Kane, our, our guy, man. Um, so then, uh, do you, would you rather go to school, like actually go in person as opposed to doing more like so, remote work? Yes and no. So no, because some like, so say like my math class and my psychology class, I think my psychology class, I would rather do like in a classroom because mm-hmm. like it's fast paced and it'd be a lot helpful to actually have like a teacher, you know, helping you with helping you and all that kind of stuff because there's so many terms and there's so much information that you have to read on your own mm-hmm. but the teacher luckily gives us a like a slideshow presentation of like their key notes on the chapter that we're reading but with the exams that we had to do there's information in the exams that aren't covered in the notes that uh she gives us mm-hmm. yeah so like for those two yes i would say be on campus but for my other two Honestly, it's a lot easier going over in computer because it's all computer based. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier being at home doing it. And, um, you know, because it's so computer based, both of them are widely used for the computer, for the uh, A plus class being, you know, computer networking, uh, you know, fixing a computer, being a tech, and all that kind of stuff, along with my. Uh, computer information system uh, management it's all based off of you know what business can you do with excel uh, microsoft word all the functions that you can use with the computer that can help you business-wise management-wise and all the you know fun stuff that goes into that right so it's it's been a couple years since uh, you've been in school right how's it feel to be back in school oh my it's weird it's weird because I'm I'm going I'm going back to the same community college that I, that I tried to start before okay. I joined the military. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I first joined that was 
I was 18, fresh out of high school. Yeah. You know, everyone's around, you know, my age. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, five. Not, yeah. So let's see. I joined when I was 20. So I did about a few. I did about a year and a half of of college before. So I'm mm-hmm. 20 and you know, five years later, I'm 25. And the math class I have to go on campus for. And I just see everyone in my class i just feel like i'm like i'm twice everyone's age <laughs> i feel so old compared uh-huh. even though i'm probably like only maybe six seven years older than you know maybe some of the kids in the class at least but you know i got a good five years on all of them most likely mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm just double their age they like i just feel so old around them it's not it's just not it doesn't feel right yeah that's that's what happens with like some people that served in the military like straight after high school they serve for like four years and then they want to go back to school so they're like a lot older than some of these kids fresh off of high school right (laughs) yeah that's that's the it's it's just a weird feeling you right (laughs) but it's not something i'm not used to Uh like i'm used to working with younger people just because in the military you always have no new people coming in Uh uh-huh you have new people, new people coming in, old people going out. Yeah. And, you know, over the years after, once I hit my fourth year, people like the new, the new OSs that I was going to be working with, they're coming in at like 19, 18 years old. Yeah. Excuse me. 19, 18 years old. And, you know, these, these are kids being born after the year 2000, after 2001, after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And it like, then it like, working with them it's like oh my oh my god it's you guys are a handful because <laughs> it's a different generation and yeah. i'm not gonna say not all of them were as annoying but my consensus is like the, the generation coming out coming after 2001 they were more of a handful than i think we are i should say mm-hmm. but luckily I'm not having to work with these kids. I just have to stand in the same room as them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you want to study like coding or like cybersecurity specifically or that? Yeah. Like that kind of a uh, area. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always, I've always kind of been intrigued by coding and coding and I don't want to say hacking, but like just like that kind of mindset of, how much you can do with a computer and with like, you don't need a high, high quality as you do to actually like hack a system or to code something properly for like an app or a web page. But it's, it's just the fact that the language of coding is different or depending on what kind of software you well not software processor you kind of use because you can use different, different coding languages for different softwares that you can that you can use but along with like coding you have you know firewall systems and everything else that goes into it with which goes into cybersecurity. and cybersecurity, it's not just you know dealing with ones and twos ones and zeros it's dealing with depending if you're actually working with the government you know keeping others out of the system like uh making sure you're your network is up to date with the fire with firewalls and stuff like that. So not 
not anyone can just hack the network and get whatever files they need out of your system. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sniper's in the chat. What's up, Sniper? <laughs> <laughs> that should be Callum. Callum? What's up, yeah. Callum? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's that's interesting. And, like, I know, like, coding and cybersecurity, it's, like, it really is, like, the industry like one of the most popular industries like that's what's driving our society like technology and yeah because um yeah. technology like with one of my classes uh my my uh, computer management class it's yeah. it's one of the things in this chapter that we're reading is the advancement from the first gen ever made computers to what we're using nowadays from first gen to fifth gen everything in between and how much we've grown technology wise when it's come to, you know, the first gen computer being so unreliable, so bulky, so non really, you know, very efficient to the fifth generation we have now, which is, you know, becoming more expensive, of course, because as we're evolving technology, technology is getting better and the better technology gets, the more expensive it gets. But how they're saying, how they're using a nano chip that is literally one one thousandth of of like an inch or a centimeter or something like that. How small it is compared to the processors, the hard drives that they're having used in the first generation were just so big, bulky, and everything would just overheat. Right. And how like now we have, you know, laptops, portable computers, touch screens and everything in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a huge drastic improvement in a short period of time Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of hardware, software. It's it's crazy. And all it's it's because it's the first the first built made computer was back in, I think it said 1934. We've made these advancements in less than 100 years, mm-hmm. technically less than 90 years because of everything that was already being done by 2010, 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I went to like a computer history museum in the Bay Area. So I saw mm-hmm. kind of like the history of where technology started and then where it is now. It's like it's crazy, like mm-hmm. where we come from and like uh you had these like huge like supercomputers like back then that were like massive but then yeah now you know you could just use a phone you know a phone could as a high functioning a a phone can do more than a second gen computer could right it's it's crazy it's crazy what Mm -hmm. technology does and where it's come um yeah Yeah, dylan's in the chat right now what's up dylan (laughs) (laughs) it's it's Computers are amazing, and another part of what I'm learning is there's five in in the world. There's 500 technical supercomputers, which are I'm assuming computers that are the fastest kind of are the fastest computers that can handle the most kind of information in the world. And mm. China has 225, 230. I believe of these actual supercomputers out of 500, but in the U S we have five, the top 10 fastest supercomputers in the Mm. world. Yeah. And we have first and second uh, fastest in the world as well, which Mm. is amazing. And I, I'm going to deep dive probably more into the supercomputers to see just how amazing the technology 
has gone into these to make them, you know, out of, you know, 500, like, you know, the 500 best out of all the computers in the world. Imagine if you just had a supercomputer, like, in your room, and then you use it to, like, stream. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, underusing it, right? <laughs> that, that would be massive underuse, I believe. Because <laughs> I believe a supercomputer can handle just so much, so much more than, um, like, you know, using it to, sh- using probably a percentage of it to stream mm-hmm. and just, you know, things like that. Like, you'd probably be able to stream at the fastest pace the best frame everything you could probably do like multiple streams oh most likely right that'd be that'd be insane uh what's up jennifer how's it going welcome to the stream welcome to the podcast um but yeah that'd be crazy i imagine if you had one of those things and then you're just doing like multiple streams like i so many the funniest thing i believe supercomputers are more than just computer based i believe like i feel like they're computer based, but they're hooked up to like a massive server as well, like right. a whole server yeah. room dedicated to it, so it can sure. run that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when it comes to technology specific to gaming, like it's crazy to see, like even just I would say a little over twenty years ago, you had like a Super Nintendo, right, with the cartridges, right? Yeah. Get up the... to the TV, but now it's like. Everything's wireless, and we've and it's yeah. it's funny because I started I started with the PlayStation One, uh-huh. and you know you you needed a a memory card so you could save everything. Nothing was nothing could be like hard saved to the console itself. You needed a memory card, and if you read in a space on it, you either had to delete or you know use a different one. And it's just amazing because the the like you said. Like the Nintendo 64 and all those consoles that were were coming out about 20, 30 years ago, they were they were small. They weren't big. Mm-hmm. They were small, you know. Pretty, I would say they were pretty light. But you know, along with all those, before we had consoles, they were like arcade joysticks that you could hook up to your TV back then. Right. And before that, it's just whatever you could play at the arcade. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's so crazy how we how far we've come along and now we're in this place where we could stream our games with like webcams mm-hmm. and other and we have all these mics and high tech equipment. And now like us, we're just streaming FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I haven't been I haven't really been playing FIFA much okay. because it's FIFA is it's, I for FIFA 22, I just have no more joy in it because it's sure. very repetitive, and yeah. most 90% of the people who play are just the ones who just can't give up FIFA, mm-hmm. I would assume. Like, they just want to play and play till the very end to where FIFA 23 is out, and then they make the switch. For me, though, it's... Like, I, I've, like, I try to play it, but it's... Like, I just... The gameplay is just so dead. Yeah, everyone plays about the same, and it just it's, it just gets boring, and everyone's right. still super tryharding. No one's like, "It's the end of FIFA, guys! It's the end of FIFA." Have fun with a team. Make something that doesn't have a hundred cam. Do something. Do something fun. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I've I've made a team, but I mean, most of the players are in their positions, but the other players aren't. 
and I was using that team for the preseason cup where you have max 100 cam. So like, why not? Like with that, make whatever team you want. Why go with something sweaty? Why why not build something fun, something that you've never tried or never thought of? Cards that you know you've been wanting to try that you have to sit in your club, but you're not gonna use because you have this card instead, like a Footies Neymar, Footies Nembele, Footies Varane. You know yeah. all the Footies cards that have come out that are 99s and are just super overpowered. Mm-hmm. Sniper saying, "Don't hate the game, hate the player." I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the well for FIFA. It's for FIFA, it can be taken either way. Like sometimes, okay. you know, you're 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 having a bad day and you like you just can't get anything going. And then other days it's like purely game based. It's RNG. And you just feel like you're playing so much better than the other person, but the game is just against you. Mm-hmm. We got Wilson saying here they, we got two good looking dudes in the <laughs> podcast. What's up, Wilson? Appreciate you being here. <laughs> yeah, so actually before we go more into FIFA. Um, how's the streaming been? Because the last time we talked, you just turned affiliate. And I know since then, you've grown a lot. Your viewership has been growing. I feel like things have really been uh, turning up for you. So maybe you could maybe share a little bit about so, that. So, yeah, last time we talked, I just, I think, yeah, I just hit affiliate like the yeah. week before. I think we did the first podcast. And, right. You know, thanks to you guys, like you, uh, Longshot, Weddle. Johnny Cheesy, like all you guys were supporting me, helping me out, getting me the followers and, you know, helping me get the viewers. Where nowadays it's, actually, no, I shouldn't talk about now yet. Um, mm-hmm. But back then, like you guys helped me out, you guys got me affiliate in literally like a month of streaming where it takes some people months, maybe a right. year to even reach affiliate because, you know, they just, they're finding it very difficult to get the viewers, to get the followers. Right. And definitely getting the viewer average is the biggest pain Mm -hmm. because you have to go multiple streams with at least getting three, three to four viewers. And if you're not getting it, it's just, it's rough. Right. It's rough because you're just grinding day in, day out to try and get that viewer average. Yeah. But, you know, once we got Philly, you know, I, I had this massive, you know, relief of, all right, thank God. I finally got this affiliate. I don't have to worry about my average anymore. I can just stream be myself no matter what. And then I think a month after that, a month or two after that, um, I had to leave where I was due to uh, financial problems that were, I hate to say it, that were, uh, weren't my, not specifically 100% my fault, but I definitely could have done better money-wise. But uh, one of my ex-roommates that left me and my roommate back in January this year posed us on rent and took some of our money instead of paying rent two months. Whoa. Yeah. So that, that fucked us a yeah. lot to where um, we didn't know until a month before I left Virginia mm-hmm. that we have accumulated some of the debt with the apartment complex and they weren't going to allow us to stay there anymore because of how much we owe due to the fact that he screwed us on rent wow jeez yeah so still trying to get that sorted yeah Uh uh-huh but uh that's what forced my move out here to california got it 
to move back home with my parents who were ever so happy to see me come back mm-hmm. and I'm happy to be home too. Yeah. And then there was a month, month and a half period to where I just, I did not stream one bit because yeah. I didn't have, like, I couldn't set myself up. I didn't have good enough internet. And it was just a month and a half of a dead period to where I was, you know, I'm not accumulating any follows. I'm not doing anything to help my, to help myself, you know, stay, to stay relevant. But start of, I think second week, July, July 13th, July 14th. I come back streaming. I hit like first stream out of like a month, almost two months, I believe, of not streaming at all. I do, I do like, I think a Thursday or a Friday stream. And then I do weekendly, take a Sunday off. I do basically the rest of July, but don't do any Sundays. And I just mass accumulate. I just get, I'm keeping followers, I'm getting viewers. And then, you know, at the end of July, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I got a little bit, I got good traction doing everything I need to do. And then I look at my numbers after July, once we hit uh, August, and I noticed that like, I hit two goals, I hit about two goals in, in less than a month. I'm, I got about 87 followers. My average viewers are going up. I'm getting almost double digits almost every every stream and it was just it was good it was everything is kind of like falling into place i should say mm-hmm. but as of recently i've kind of like i'm in a bit of a rush pat, rough patch right now like i'm not always getting that double digit views but you know it's oh it's it's okay it is what it is like i'm not always gonna be i'm not doing this for viewership i'm not doing this for like followers i'm doing this because Streaming is fun. Streaming is honestly a hobby. I'm not doing it as a job. I'm doing it because it's a great way to meet new people that you never you think that you would never you know meet in the world. And you know sometimes you meet somebody that's actually really close to you that like oh and like oh oh shit like you actually right there. Let's hang out sometime. Let's fucking link up. You know yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's. I think that's great. Even after the month and a half break, like you still managed to have like a lot of followers and the viewership was double digits. That's actually really good considering the fact that even like when people take breaks, it kind of hurts them a little bit, you know, where it kind of drops in the viewership. But I mean, you managed to do really well. And it seems like even now, I mean, you're still uh, streaming and a lot of people are still coming through and supporting you. Yeah. Also, I mean, while I wasn't streaming, I was in, uh, I was in different streams, but I was in them constantly. And, you know, I was just always, I was becoming friends with the streamers, friends with the people that were in chats. And I believe that kind of helped me when I got back to streaming because, you know, they, they were kind of coming in watching. I've gotten a few raids from them and they've, and, you know, three of them have been massive because, one of them, Spaghetti Legs, mm-hmm. he started like a few months ago, I believe a few months ago, maybe two, three months ago. And he he was instantly like popular. He was hitting off on follows. His streams were really good. And he was he was keeping it to about 15 to 20, 20 viewers efficiently, like yeah. almost every stream after a month. And I'm like, wow, this guy's doing really well. I became friends with him. I became friends with another streamer, Hezzy. 
he's really big. And another uh, streamer, Sarah FC, they're both popping off. Has he just reached 2,300 followers total, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is popping off to about 1,500, I believe now. Nice. Very like nice. they're both going massive. And yeah. Hezzy took a massive break too. And like, just like you were saying, breaks can kind of like hinder a streamer. So for him, he was, it was rough for him for a little bit, but you know, he's, he's got that traction again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to point out one thing that Jennifer said. She said in the chat, she said, Steven is awesome, doing fantastic. He's got a great sense of humor. We can only help and support Valhalla as much as we can. We are here and we will always be here. I, I feel like I should point that out since it was a very nice thing for Jennifer to say. <laughs> She's always saying those kind of things. And it, it honestly, it's always good to hear something like that. It really is. Yeah. No, Whether you're hearing it once a week or even every day, no matter what, it always can put a smile on anyone's face knowing they have that kind of support. Yeah. Um, going back to your point. Yeah. Like you were said during your break, it, I, I would, I would agree too that, if you're active in other people's streams and they know you're a streamer, uh, but you're always engaged and active in other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you come back, they know you're a streamer. So, you know, maybe they'll raid you or they'll come through and support mm-hmm. you. So I think, I think that's, that's good that you did that. And I'm sure you just did it because you enjoy, you know, being in their streams and all that. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're fun. They're fun. They're, I kind of, find, I somehow have an act for, when it comes to trying to find streamers who are like have a good personality, I've tend to find them just randomly. Or luckily, like either you or Johnny or uh, Longshot raid them, and I kind of like most of the time when it comes to raids, like if I don't really like the streamer, I stick around for maybe five ten minutes after. Yeah, and then I'll dip to like either like say if you're streaming, I'll dip into your channel. Yeah, or something like that. But um. When it comes to streamers that I try and find myself, their personalities are like are lively, like they're not dull. They try to always communicate with the chat as much as possible. And they're not really afraid to like be themselves. They're not trying to pretend to be someone else. They're who they are. And yeah. that's what you get. Yeah, for sure. Um, so are there like other streamers that you enjoy watching that you've been like just tuning into recently? Uh, Decampion is one of them. Decampion, okay. I haven't watched much of him, but I find myself in the stream sometimes, and he he has a loud personality. It's funny mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of them. I'm trying to think of others, but nothing's really popping in my mind right now. No, not not a lot of new people that I've been watching recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sniper brings up a good point. He's saying he he does follow serious streamers. Uh, so do okay. I too. And then like people that are really good, but he likes you. He thinks you're a better streamer because <laughs> he likes your personality. Very involved in the chat. Yeah, actually, uh, two streamers that I've been watching recently yeah. a lot more. Uh, EJ Roll and It's Wilson. Right. right I can't right. believe I almost forgot those two. Yeah. Yeah. Those two and D Campion, I've actually been watching a lot more, especially EJ and Wilson. Those two are fantastic to watch. They're really funny. Their personalities are great. And, you know, Wilson's a Man United fan, so big ups to that. Yeah. And uh EJ is just he's he's killing it with, with streaming because he does TikTok. Right. 
and he streams Twitch at the same time, and that's a lot to manage at once. Yeah, but for sure. His personality is just so lively, so vibrant. It's just it's hard to like not watch the streams once you're in it. No, for sure. Yeah, and we had EJ and Wilson on the podcast too, and they're just uh, great guys. I had a I had a blast just talking to them and just getting to know them. Hey, much love, <laughs> Wilson in the hearts, the hearts in the chat. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Yeah, so yeah, there's like there's something to it. Like I, I'm sure a lot of people would watch FIFA streamers that are just really good, and they just want to see like like really top tier gameplay. But there's another aspect of it where you just want to chill in the stream. You want to interact a little bit more with the streamer, and usually with like usually with small streamers, it's easier to do that and they gravitate towards certain streamers based on their personality or how they interact with their viewers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think for me, I'm never top tier gameplay has never been my aspect. I'm, I'm good at FIFA. I'm Mm -hmm. decent at FIFA. I'm probably in that middle ground, Mm -hmm. but I'm not always going to try to provide you, try to provide, you know, best gameplay that I can. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to give you what I can, but I want to try to be, I want you to try to be there more for, you know, me than it is for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, I'm in the same boat, too. I'm not, like, top tier. Like, I'm decent, you know, but uh, what what I try to provide, I try to help people out, you know, whether it's, like, you know, team reviews, players, you know, mm-hmm. something about SBCs. I like helping people out. I like being more interactive. I like playing pro clubs with my viewers and just having a good time. That's that's what it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm for this for this coming kind of FIFA, I would hope pro clubs is so much better. Mm-hmm. Because uh luckily I was able to play this FIFA twenty three beta. And sadly I wasn't able to do foot. I was able to do the ultimate team until like the final week that the beta was out. And I was primarily given the Volta Pro Clubs uh, access for mm-hmm. the whole time. And sadly, when it comes to the beta, no one really plays Volta. No one plays Pro Clubs. Everyone wants to play the ultimate team and how it's going to be, how the menus are going to look. Yeah. But not, I can't say what, not much of the menu has changed at all, really. The menu is about the same. I'm hoping for for FIFA 23, the menus are much smoother than what they've been previous years when they've come out with new menus and such. But I feel like because they haven't really changed the menu much, the menu selection, you know, be able to move should be a lot more smooth, fluent than FIFA 22, where it just felt like you're always one second behind of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. do are you on the PS5? Uh, still on the PS4. Okay. I think on the PS5, it is a lot faster for Ultimate Team if you slide through the menus. But I remember when I was on PS4, it was, it was that little bit of delay. It's, it's, it's a little clunky still. And I'm hoping for it to be a bit smoother, even for the old gen. It's, it, I don't feel like there should be much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like for, when it comes to the menus, you don't want either one to really be better than the other i get it ps5 is going to have better graphics and all that but when it comes to the menus itself you don't want to have one console be constantly irritated by it but right. one console be actually happy with it yeah um what, what are some things that you're looking forward to 
and 23 from all the features that they released so uh the free kick mechanics and the corner kick mechanics i didn't mm -hmm. do much penalties so i'm still a little i'm gonna have to practice penalties because it, it's it's a little weird for penalties it, it really it throws you off a bit so and it's hard to discuss penalties because i only did one of them and i can't I remember exactly what i had to do it's it's like you have a like you have a circle on the ball and you hold you hold circle to shoot it but you have no indicator of where you're shooting you're blind shooting basically so you're either holding left holding right or keeping it middle really so they don't give you they don't give you an option for a indicator of where not, you're shooting it at not that i saw and i looked i was just like well there's usually somewhere that can tell you indicator like hey down on the d-pad you can then see your but i didn't nah i wasn't there can't you change the settings for that i think so i believe so but i never had a penalty after that so that was mm -hmm. weird but free kicks and corner kicks i i think i'm going to enjoy a lot because what they're providing you with is you have the ball but you also have a graph on the balls and you can choose with the right stick where on the ball you actually want to kick it because depending on where you kick it, you can get more of a lob over, more curve, or do you want to be more dead accurate and straight? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to go to the opposite side of the ball and use the outside of the foot and curl it in? Mm -hmm. And with that kind of, and I appreciate with that kind of more specification with where you want to hit it, you can determine how much curve is actually on the ball, how much, how much height you want to put on it, or how low you want to hit it to the ground or on the ground itself. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to those. The new chemistry mechanic is, is weird, but it's, it's still the same as every FIFA. It's, you know, have one league, have the same nation, stuff like that. And, you know, the players are going to be on max, max chem, which is three dots. Right. Because you can only get max of 33 chem. Each player has three dots. But say, but like hybrid wise, it's, I don't feel like you're going to get like a full camp team unless you're using like the same players from the same club. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you would for, you know, FIFA 22, where you have the same club and, you know, all of them are basically going to be on 10 cam on either side. Right. But for this new one, it's, it's weird because I don't feel like they really need you to mess with, mess with with chemistry at all because it's been fine mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is a little bit uh confusing uh with the new chemistry system but um we'll see how how much of an impact that does and yeah. if people like it or not the, I mean, the other thing yeah. is the the whole position changes too mm -hmm, it's because right. some some players you know they only play one position but other players uh take uh Messi for example he can play cam right wing no he can play center forward right wing and right mid so you can change his position to any of those three at any given point mm -hmm. but with bruno fernandez he only plays cam so he has no position change at all so if he's not playing at cam he's off cam right exactly. so i think that's a bit of a downside to it because you know some of these players you can change their position mm -hmm. to like wherever they are on the pitch, like from right wing to left wing instead, or right back to left back or right back to center back, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then you have the players that can't change at all. And, you know, you want to play them in a different position, then 
no, than they are where they're supposed to be at. And that, you know, kind of sets you back a bit. Yeah. Uh, Jay Rich says, greetings from Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, uh, it's like the positioning is pretty similar to like uh, fantasy sports. Yes. You know what I mean? Really it's, it's, what, it's what it is in real life. So you could only play them on based on what positions they play. Uh, and I do appreciate that to an extent, but when it comes to, you know, maybe basic changes wouldn't have been as bad for those players that don't have a position change. So like you can only keep them to like, you know, say the midfield, say for Bruno, you can't make him a striker, but you can at least make him like a center mid. Yeah. So just right off the top of my head, I feel like the more value cards are going to be the ones with multiple positions. Yeah. I feel to, I've, yeah. I feel the same exact way. I feel like the cards that have, you know, those two position changes or three or who knows, the player might have four different positions that they've played in their career. I feel like they're going to be more expensive, more valuable than the players that don't. Right. So if, yeah, if you have like a guy that's Bruno, like a Bruno Fernandez that can only play cam, like mm-hmm. he's not going to be as high valued as, you know, as another center midfielder that could play. From Cam yeah. to CDM, you know. So, no, that's that's interesting, yeah. I feel like it will be interesting for those players, though, who packed that Messi early on or packed that Mbappe or that Neymar, you know, one of the higher-tier cards that they're going to be for this coming FIFA. And when you get the position changes, like, how, how do you want to set up that team? Like, do you want to play Messi alongside Mbappe or anything like that? Because you can change... Messi to a center forward and play him alongside Mbappe instead of having to be forced to play him to the uh, right side of the field and be forced to change your tactics to where he's more central and not out wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll just, I, I think it'll be like this FIFA, there might be a bigger learning curve because it's just, they just made a lot of changes. So it's something like we'll just, we'll just kind of have to feed off each other and see what people do and well, just. We'll, it out. Gra- we'll gradually kind of ease into it, basically. Sure. Yeah. The more we do it, the better we'll, the better understanding we'll probably have of it. Right. Right. Um, then mm-hmm. a big thing is it's going to be cross gen, of course, cross cross platform. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. You have any thoughts on that? It's it's going to be interesting by far. It will be because you have PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. All all three yeah. of them now playing together. And, you know, the big thing, the big concern for me is server-wise because EA has never had the best server quality. Yes, yes, we've had, depending on where you're at, you have good ping. You can have 20 ping if you're, like, right by a server. Mm -hmm. But say if you're not, you're getting about 60 to 80 ping, even if you have the best internet. But what what kind of stress are they going to be putting on the servers now that, it's cross-platform mm-hmm. for not just Ultimate Team, but for um, pro clubs as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it'll be more beneficial, or you think uh, it'll hurt it more? I think in the long run, it can be beneficial, but in the short run, we're going to see how it is. Okay. Because, like, with the beta, like, with FIFA 22, you know, just playing against PlayStations, I'm getting about 20 ping on average. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the beta, I was averaging 50 to 60 ping, uh, depending on what what platform I was playing against. 
Ah, interesting. And does it tell you which platform you're playing against in the beta? So not not initially, not okay. when you're setting the game up, but when you get into the game and you see the person's username, it'll tell you uh, if they're playing PC, Xbox, or PlayStation. Oh, it'll pop up okay. with a symbol right to the uh, left of their uh, user to their name. Got it. Another thing I noticed too is like with the crossplay, they only limit it to one v one, so you can't do co-op crossplay which is which i think is weird because like if you're allowing people to play pro clubs together cross-platform of course yeah why not be able to do the same thing with uh co-op foot right um maybe it goes back it ties into what you're just kind of saying earlier about the connection the the ping if if you if you play co-op with like an Xbox guy but you're playing against like a PC or PS guy, you know, that might mess with the connection and you know, the gameplay might not be as good. But I don't know. I don't know too much about that. But you know, it's it's, mm. it's always EA always tries to bring something new into the game and you know, e, uh FIFA becoming cross-platform was only a matter of time before they did. Whether this FIFA or next FIFA, actually, not right. So it's not even going to be a next FIFA for mm-hmm. EA. Actually, it's going to be what EAFC something. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just a matter of time before it was going to be cross-platform because most of the games coming out now are all coming out to be cross-platform that are you know multiplayer based. Right. So, um, yeah, it's only a matter of time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, finally they got it cross-platform right <laughs> yeah now now me and you know all the others that i play with and you know even johnny we're hoping for the next uh, grand theft auto to be cross-play as well so that way you know we're not constantly having to play on you know P- playstation 4 version because you can't even do cross-gen with GC. Mm. you can only do one generation with each so we're hoping that uh, the next GTA, at least, is cross-platform or at least cross-gen so PlayStation 5s and PlayStation 4s can play together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kane is asking, how much longer will we be doing this? I would say about 30 more minutes, probably, if we're estimating, more or less. Um, <laughs> and Jennifer is saying, this is so cool. Yes, it's definitely cool. These, the, this, honestly, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I always have a good time on the podcast, especially with the guy, my guy Steven here. So, um, are you also looking forward to the World Cup mode? I know that's like something for me too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I am looking forward to World Cup mode because I think out of all the FIFA's, I've only done it once, and that was yeah. FIFA one through twelve. Was it one through twelve? I might have done it for FIFA fourteen, maybe. I don't think so. Because we go, let's see, we're 22, so FIFA 18, I did it in. Yeah, I can, yeah, I've never done, I've only done World Cup mode once, and I didn't do much of it, and I regret that. So I'm very much looking forward to this next one, along with, um, well, one thing I don't like about the World Cup being in the winter is that it's going to be putting a pause on all the other uh, big football leagues. Right. Like the Premier League, well, honestly, it's just Premier League that I worry about because that's the one I watch the most. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, La Liga, League One, Bundesliga, you know, all those leagues are having to stop midseason because their players are like half the players are going to be going out and playing in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a downside in that it interrupts the season. But it's still the World Cup. It's like you have to yeah. watch it like every four years. Oh, like, of course. Of yeah. course. You're, like, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting this year. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, with the Euros, uh, this was uh, last year, right? The Euros last year when they incorporated yeah. the festival cards. Like, I, oh, I that, actually like that promo. That, that, was a, that was a fun promo because... Like, if you got any of these cards, they got better with, I think it was wins overall that they got. Right. So, like, one win, they get upgraded. Three wins, they get upgraded. Five wins. Or, like, you know, if they go all the way through, they they get the max upgrade they could possibly get. Right. And I remember my team, I had about seven or eight of those cards. And a few of them were, I think one of them was Verratti, mm-hmm. you know, you know, from Italy who won it all. And I had a few of the English players as well. Right. Like just like these cards just get maxed to the utmost. And it was like, these cards were fun to use, but it's not like you can make them all fit into one team, which was, you know, a little difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if they incorporate a similar type of content during world cup, I feel like it will be a great thing to do because I, even I enjoyed those cards, the content, Mm -hmm. And then it also got me more engaged in the actual Euros, like yeah, watching the games and because yeah, like say if you had like a player on a certain team and they were like they were that one one away from getting upgraded, like you're gonna exactly. watch that team, like come on, come on, win this game, win this exactly, game, exactly right, yeah. So you know something like that to get me more engaged into both mm-hmm. the game and the real life matches. You know, I think that'd be some good content for Ultimate Team. Yeah, it would because. No, what well, you have you have all these teams you know take take a player from each team and throw into a promo mm-hmm. that i think would be really fun yeah for sure um are you who who are you rooting for for the world cup so as usual i always i always root for germany because okay. i am german okay but i'm also going to root for the us because you know i am from the us right you know, born and raised U.S. got to root for America, mm-hmm. even if we don't do well. Still going to root for them. Yeah. Uh, I think the big ones I'm going to be rooting for is definitely Germany and definitely America. Uh, the others, you know, kind of like just fall in place with how World Cup goes, mm-hmm. basically. Because if I see an underdog team that I would like, I'm going to root for them. By far. For sure. It's something you'll like see along the way, right? You'll see like one of these underdog teams make it go pretty far and um well for like uh for germany like uh do you think they have a good shot of winning it and do you do you actually see some other country winning it all so france is by far a powerhouse team when it comes to you know, players in general. They have a yeah. really stacked team. They have really fantastic players. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, dumb to say, you know, France has a, France definitely has a chance. Mm-hmm. Germany has been getting, has been getting better over the past few years. They've been getting better players because, you know, 
Germany 10 years ago was a powerhouse of a team, you know, destroying Brazil 7-2 in, in Brazil, mm-hmm. making a mockery of the host nation. Right. And uh, England, England is always a decent team. They're always a good shout. It's just the it's just their the coach that that's that uh coaches England the manager there he's you know he's the problem that apparently every English fan you has with Southgate mm-hmm. he either like he picks like that wrong that wrong player that to start or he doesn't pick up the right players for the national team you know stuff like that so in- England always always a decent team because they always they do usually put up a fight matter what but not every game that england plays is pretty um spain has a decent team but i don't think they'll i don't think they have a decent chance of winning they have a small chance they might mm-hmm. but spain spain has been as far from the team they used to be about 10 years ago as well because the teams 10 years ago spain spain italy and spain I said Spain, Germany, Germany, Netherlands. You know, those teams were the primary powerhouses. They were really good. They were the teams that were usually going to at least the semifinals, quarterfinals. But Netherlands is just, it's not that team that it used to be. Italy has been, has gotten a lot better, but I don't think Italy is in this World Cup. Yeah, they even make it. Which is, you know, the Europa League winner, you know, Euro winners. Don't even get into the World Cup is pretty, pretty wow. But you know, any team always has a chance, no matter what. Yeah. And in my eyes, it's always, it's always like that. But you're always gonna have those teams though that are, that are just like France or Germany that just have like those players that are just amazing. Right. I think uh, I saw the. The odds of uh, countries winning it all. Brazil was like number one favorite. I think they're ranked number one in the world. It's either them or like Argentina. And then England surprisingly was like ahead of France in terms of favorites to win it, which I thought was interesting. Well, I think that they might be going off how the Euros went. Sure. Or like at least European teams. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, with England being runner up. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brazil's crazy. Argentina's really good too. I mean, Argentina won the Copa and yep. they beat Italy on that, that Euro Copa matchup. Um, you know, I think my teams, I, I mentioned it to like my fellow viewers mentioned it to other people, but I have like five teams that I'm rooting for, mm-hmm. you know, that being England Argentina because of Messi, Portugal because of CR7, South Korea, and U.S. So those are, like, my teams that I want to do Okay. Yeah. And I I feel out of them, like, I think uh, Argentina has the best chance of winning it. Argentina is always a – they're a good team, but something always just lets them down in the end. It's it's shocking that, like, in our lifetime, we still haven't seen them win one World Cup. You know, I feel like they're kryptonized Germany. They always lose to Germany for whatever reason. <laughs> I feel like I feel like yeah. the, most of the South American teams lose to Germany. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, right? 
That is <laughs> now that you point that out, because I feel like Germany, the way they play, they're so like fundamental and they're so disciplined yes. and structured. But South Americans, they're more like flashy, mm-hmm. a little bit more individualistic, and like they're more flair. You know, the, and I always you get feel the like Germany players, yeah. they're very fundamental based. They play as a group, exactly, and they, feel, and they they more work off each other than how say Brazil where they have uh Neymar and all those players that like to do their skills, run on their own. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I always I, I would usually always favor like a German type of team, like more disciplined, team based, uh fundamental. I feel like those teams always do better than the individualistic flashy flair players, you know. So, I have a question for you. Who do you yeah. think is going to win the Ballon d'Or? I think Benzema. I would pick Benzema. I am hoping for Benzema because yeah. he had a crazy year. Yeah. They won La Liga. They won the Champions League. It's like, how can you not pick him? Like, who else is there? You could do Salah, but they didn't win, you know? Like, but with Salah, like, you know, Son also was they Sala and Son were co golden boot winners. Yeah. And I th- I think for like when it comes to the nominees, like like oh my god, if Holland had a great year with with Dort not Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund, if he had a stacked year like you know, Lewandowski or Benzema did, he could easily have been someone to have been nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Especially with how he is killing it in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. back-to-back hat-tricks, nine goals, five games. The man is on fire. Jennifer says Sadio Mane. What do you think about Sadio Mane? You know, Mane always has decent years, but mm-hmm. I don't believe he is Ballon Dior ready yet. Mm-hmm. He has not had... He's never had a standout season amongst you know, say other other players in the world. Like, he, he can always be in, like, a topic of discussion, like, oh, who do you think, like, you know, one of the best wingers there are in Europe or whatever. You know, Mane can definitely be a good, is definitely a good shout because he's a good player. But yeah, when you stack him against goal scorers, you know, constant threats like Ronaldo was, Messi was, because, you know, both of them haven't been playing to their potential lately. But, you know, Lewandowski... Scoring absolute, like, you know, double-digit goals. Even Son getting double-digit. Salah getting double-digit. Holland wrecking things. It's it's just stuff like that. Like, even Mod- like Modric was a nom- is a nominee, I believe. But compare Mane to Modric's season. It's like, Mane had a good season, but Modric had a fantastic season playing the midfield with even his age. Because mm-hmm. Modric, it's a 35 36 years old and he is outperforming most of la liga he outperformed most of the teams yeah even champions league yeah and you saw with that group of players that even real madrid had when it came to la liga and the champions league it's just like wow like each one of these players is playing phenomenally Mm -hmm. but you definitely knew who the standout players were for the team it was benzema modric Cruz. You know, those those more experienced players that even played better than all the young ones. Yeah. 
Um, so we mentioned some names: uh, Benzema, Salah, Son, maybe Holland, Modric. Any other honorable mentions that you would put in the conversation? Uh, you know, Lewandowski is always a good nominee. He yeah. knows he he knows where the goal is nine times out of ten. He's yeah. He's he's literally the Polish Ibra. He really is, because although he has a better he has a better attitude than Ibra, but Ibra's Ibra. He does what he wants. Yeah. Um. Uh, what what have been some of the massive signings this year that have been? De Jong's always have a good season. Modric is a good nominee. Cruz mm-hmm. is a good nominee. Vinny had a decent season. Mm-hmm. I think he was nominated too. I don't remember. Um, you know, you always got to get those goalkeepers in there like De Gea and Neuer. Yeah. They didn't have the best of seasons though. Neuer was all right. Courtois is definitely a good, was definitely a nominee because of his champions, because of how he was in Champions League, making all those saves. That right. Even, even up to the finals, he was making those saves that helped him win. Right. He was always making a crucial save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those are some good names. Uh, who was it that won oh. it last year? Was it Messi? Uh, who did win? I think it was Messi who won it last year. De Bruyne is also a good shout for right. De Bruyne, Ballon yeah, d'Or. Yeah, he's De Bruyne is is a great midfielder. He's a great attacker. Oh yeah, he he can he can defend when he needs to, but when it comes to shooting passing just his his awareness on and off the ball is is on another level mm-hmm. with you know holland with Lewandowski. you know they their positionings like players just like that they know where they need to be whether they're on the ball or off the ball and it's just stuff like that that takes that takes a player to a new level mm-hmm. steven you're a man U fan right yes they've been playing really well Past these past couple games, what, what are your oh, thoughts? Have. Now? And do, so, do you think they have a chance of winning the prem? A chance of winning the prem? No. Okay. No, that that's that. I'm I'm saying that right now. Man United not winning the prem. As much as much as I would like to say it, no. Um. These past few performances, they have not. They have not been pretty. They've they've gotten good results. We've gotten three wins. Three straight wins. The best game by far we've played was against Liverpool that we won 2-1. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the best game I think I've watched them play because they played a straight 90 minutes of just passion passion football. And that's all I've been asking for this Man United team. I haven't been asking for wins. I just want a team that wants to play. Because, you know, the first two games, we lost 2-1 to Brighton. Now, that was That was hard to watch. Specifically, mostly because we didn't even score the goal. It was an own goal. And they didn't even look like they wanted to play. The game after that, Brentford, a 4-0 smashing. Four goals in one half. It was, it was I, I watched it, but it was difficult to watch. Because the players just did not look like they wanted to be there at all. There wasn't, there was like, there was no heart, no fight, nothing. And then, you know, next game, Liverpool, after watching those two games, you're just like, this is going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to get absolutely smashed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're a Man United supporter, you, you see that starting 11, you don't see a Ronaldo starting. You're like, okay, 
We've done this before. We subbed him on. You know, he might get something going. But at back, you don't see McGuire starting. And you're as a Man United fan, you're like, wow, for once, McGuire's not starting in the back? Who knows? This actually might be different. Yeah. And, you know, a few of our new signings are, you know, Erickson's been playing well. Uh, Malasia, Malasia, I can't remember how to pronounce his name at all, and I constantly hear it. Our new left back, he's been playing really well since he started against Liverpool. And I think it was those few, those few changes, the change of formation, you know, having Baran start with uh, Martinez, you know, those subtle changes spark something in the team to where, oh, look, everyone that's been having a problem with McGuire being captain and starting, he's now off the pitch on the bench. Mm-hmm. And now we have a different captain. So I think like just those things help the team find find a way or found that passion to where all right, the manager's now making changes that they think was necessary. And that I don't know what sparked them, but that Liverpool game was a complete 180 of what we saw in the first two weeks. Because that was a passionate team that wanted to play, wanted to score, wanted the win. And it was a lot different than the first two weeks that we that a Man United fan has witnessed. And even, you know, going back to that last four weeks of last season, because even the last few handful of games for Man United at the tail end of the 2021-22 season were just not great. They were horrific. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't the team that you wanted to watch them win. And the very last game, you know, Man United versus Crystal Palace, we lose 2-0. And it was just like a team that just like, like Man United team. You just didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now they have some some form of identity to them. Yeah. And you know the past two games, Southampton and oh, who do, who did we just beat? Why can't I? Oh, um, Leicester. You know both both games ended one zero. Uh. Southampton, we scored a goal in the 55th minute, and we played a solid football for 55 to 60 minutes. After that, Southampton took over and were pressuring United, but the defense held strong, and we kept the clean sheet. We kept the win. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for Leicester. We scored a goal first half. We kept up the pressure for the rest of the remaining of the first half. Second half, Leicester comes out firing. They're doing well. They have the pressure. They're you know controlling the ball a little bit more. But again, the Man United, the Man United defense holds strong. They get a few counters, but they just couldn't get that extra goal. And it's just like they're not playing pretty football. They're it's it's pretty ugly, but they're playing the way they need to do to get the result. And as a Man United supporter, it's amazing to see them get wins. It's what you want to see. Now, Man United just it just needs that refinement to make them better to where they can get that second goal. They're not relying on you know defending the last twenty minutes of a game to you know get that win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, De Gea has made a complete one eighty from his abysmal performance against Brentford. How he he gave up a goal and he let a he literally, the ball went straight through his fingers and went into the net. I think after that, even he knew, like, he had he had to make a change. Otherwise, it was not going to be any better, especially when going against Liverpool. 
when you know you got when Liverpool has players like uh, Luis Diaz, Salah, Firmino, players who are known to be able to shoot from outside the box and be constant goal threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thanks for summing that all up. Uh, that was great. Uh, Wilson was saying the first time he ever turned off a United game was the Brentford one. <laughs> oh, uh, it's I I did I did turn that game off, but I turned it back on for some reason. I turned it back on. I was like, look, I got nothing better to do. I don't feel like playing for you, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here miserably and watch. <laughs> And then Jennifer's it, saying, why you bring this up? I think she's talking about the Liverpool Man U game. Assuming that Jennifer's a Liverpool fan. She's a Liverpool <laughs> Okay, fan. got it. She's a Liverpool And the only reason why I bring it up is because that's the start of the, the consecutive wins. Right. It's, we've picked up a bit of consistency since then. We've started every game very strong. It's just the Liverpool game is the only one where we stood strong for, the, for almost the whole 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these past two games, they were strong for only about half or a little bit more than half of the game to where they need to be, they need it for the whole 90 minutes because that's how you see out a game. You don't just see it out by getting that goal and then sitting defensively for 30 minutes. See out the game, be strong, always have that pressure at least for 75, 75 minutes of the game. And, you know, with, you know, having to play a full 90 minutes, and their schedule right now to where they played. Man United played, I think, Sunday. They played yesterday. And then they play Sunday again. To where they're playing three games in about a 10-day 10 10-day 10 spans. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of football in about 10 days. Right. So is uh, Matt, are Man United in uh, Europa? Did they have a spot in Europa again? Or? <sighs> I, th- I think so. Okay, because they didn't make the. I Champions think they did League, make right? it. No, they did okay. not. I think they did make Europa by a cut. Um, in all honesty, I hope that if they make it far in Europa, that's great. I kind of hope that they don't, just because I want them to focus more on just getting the team ready, league-wise, team ready, so that way we can contend for top four. We can like maybe push for a title in the next. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping two to three years we can contend for the title for first place. But that's what I kind of want for my team. I want them to kind of like rebuild, re like, and then ease back into international play to where, you know, we're playing in Europa, we're playing back in the Champions League. And, you know, we're not struggling to get out of group to where we're making it, you know, maybe round of 16. We're making it at least the knockout stages. Yeah. Who do you who are like the top teams you see winning the Prem this year? Man City <laughs> one easily. Um does it hurt Liverpool, for you to say that? <laughs> it it hurts, but it's it's so realistic to say right. Man City. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Arsenal Arsenal have been looking great. It would be great to see them, you know, make make Man City work for their make work for the for first place, because as of right now, Arsenal staying at first and Man City staying at second, two points behind. Early on in the season, that's great, but it is early on in the season, so anything can happen from now to May, I believe they play to, May, April, something like that. So, you know, there's months to play yet. And Man United, I believe, 
if they can continue this form, I know they're not going to win every game, mm-hmm. but if they can continue this consistency, at least, you know, they're winning. If they win more, you know, tie a few, they're definitely going to lose against Man City. I feel like we're going to lose this weekend against Arsenal, but hey, we'll see. We, Man United has an act for playing better against the top tier teams. Like Liverpool was the turnaround, so who knows? Arsenal might be one of those times where we bring to where we, to where the whole team brings it for more than fifty minutes of the game. Yeah. Do but you, Liverpool yeah. started out very, very weird. They did not start out the best that everyone yeah. thought they would. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how Liverpool progresses. Tottenham's been playing decently, but they play boring football. They really do, and they're lucky to have Harry Kane winning on these games. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, I don't think is Chelsea does not have the capacity to win right now, not with the way they're playing. Um Leicester Leicester is just awful right now. They are one point out of five games, and it's not good. And it's not looking good for them at least. But Leicester, I believe, will turn it around. They're not gonna get relegated. I believe they'll finish probably top 10 in the Premier League, but I don't think they're going to be finishing top five or top six. Got it. For sure. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting outlook for the Prem. Obviously, with the addition of Holland to Man City, it's just, that looks like the team to beat. You know, They, they really are. and He feels you know, like the missing piece. You know what I mean? Honestly, he, he feels like that he was the missing piece for Man City. Because, you know, Man like. If you have Holland now, if you have him for Man City when, you know, they were in the Champions League, you're thinking Man City is winning it all. Man mm-hmm. City is winning this because no yeah. one's stopping Holland. Right. Mm-hmm. But Newcastle, Newcastle was able to tie Man City. Granted, Newcastle was winning 3-1, and you're hoping that they, you know, they keep the lead, but Holland being Holland just... Scores a goal, gets them to get some that, um, uh, not motivation. Um, oh, what's that word? Well, motivation is the best way I kind of put it right now. Just you know, it just drives the team and they get that tying goal. And you know, Man City almost wins it, but Newcastle holds out for that tie, yeah, making Man City drop three points, which is amazing. But you know, Newcastle's a team that's that. Newcastle's a good team. They can do really well. They have a team. They finally got the money. Brighton, Brighton has been playing pretty well. They've only conceded a few goals this season, not including their... Wait, actually, no. They've only conceded one goal, conceded two own goals, mm-hmm. which is surprising. Fulham is looking decent. They're lucky to have uh, Mitrovic... Scoring at least a goal a game for him right now. He's doing he's doing well for Fulham. They've been winning games. I think the only game they haven't won was against um, Arsenal that they just lost to two uh, one, I believe. Yeah, I mean, with uh, the thing is, if Holland's continues this pace right of play for the entire season and. Man City wins league and they win Champions League, then you know he's he's probably gonna win Balloon, right? Oh, by far. If he if he continues to score a goal a game, and he even has a few assists too. If he continues this form, the whole season 
I like I don't even think it would need Champions League for him to win it. Honestly, mm. like Man City wins the EPL and he had a season like this. I like you got to look from it from a from like an outside point of view. It's like you have to respect how Holland dominated the EPL because mm-hmm. there's so many new players that come into the EPL first season. They think they're going to do well and they lay a goose egg for they lay a goose egg for the first season. It takes the second season for them to really actually like get something going. But for Holland, it was he's the first first player in their first season of the Prem to score nine goals in the first five games. Who's who's second? Because he's probably leading the league, right? He has not. Uh, who's, who's uh, right, right behind. I don't know who's right behind him in the league right now, but. The second player to score almost as many was Aguero. Ha ha. Striker for Man City. Yeah. Eight goals in five games. Oh, wow. Okay. So clearly Man City has an act for uh, choosing the correct strikers. Yeah. When it comes to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I want to shift gears a little bit. And I know it's been an hour of talking and a great talk, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what what are your plans with uh, streaming? What are your goals that you want to achieve, you know, maybe going into 23 or, you know, for the rest Um, of this year? I'm hoping by the end of the year I hit 500 followers on the base. I'm happy with my viewership right now. Yeah. Um, My Discord channel has actually been gaining a lot more traction as well. Yeah. To where once I started streaming again... I only had about, I think, 20 people in my Discord. Now we're pushing 70. Oh, nice. Very nice. So, you know, yeah. doing doing what I can there. Um, hopefully in about a month, two month, month and a half time, I have a new PC. I, mm-hmm. I have a new PC to where I can go back to, you know, editing my videos, uh, putting them on TikTok because... I was able to do it once, but sadly my laptop just can't just can't handle much anymore. It's able to do everything I needed to do for now, but I can't really video edit at a decent enough pace or efficiently, I should say. Mm-hmm. Where I was able to do a few videos for TikTok, and these just turned out they turned out really well. You know, I got people who are seeing me. You know, people seeing me means that they can they know I'm a streamer. Or they come on TikTok, not TikTok. They come on Twitch, they follow, or, you know, they watch, you know, something to help me gain traction. So I'm hoping by once I get a new PC, I'll be able to uh, continue editing videos, putting myself out there more, especially when it comes to uh, Twitter. I do need to do Twitter more. I don't do it enough hour yeah. at all, really. Mm-hmm. I definitely do need to do Twitter more, get myself more out there, get myself out there with, you know, doing more TikTok videos and just things like that. Hopefully. I can be able to do all that in the next few months. Um, stream FIFA 23 wise, I plan on hitting the ground running when it comes to FIFA 23. I know, sadly, again, I have to focus on school much more than I can focus on right. uh, streaming because you know school has school has to be top priority before I stream before I play video games. Yeah, for sure. And you know, for the first week of FIFA 23 being out, I want to try and push out a 24-hour stream, actually. Just oh, okay. dedicated to FIFA, like, because I know for, like, I think I think maybe after the first 
after the first week. Because during the first week of FIFA, there's no uh, weekend league. It's not open until, I think, the second weekend yeah. that the new FIFA's out. So I might hold off on the 24-hour stream, but maybe a 12-hour stream in that first week, you know. Sure. Of just constant grinding FIFA, getting a team that, you know, can push weekend league, just, you know, all that stuff. Because I like, because, you know, with FIFA 23 coming out, everyone's going to be streaming it. Right. It's going to be it's so gonna saturated. Be, and it's going to be up to, you know, me, you, Johnny, you know, the, the smaller streamers who have been doing, you know, have been gaining a lot of traction recently, you know. It's, and it's not going to be, uh, you know, gameplay specifically that these people are going to be coming, like our loyal viewers are going to be coming to watch. They're coming to watch us. Right. But for like the newer, but for the newer viewers, you don't feel like constantly watching big time streamers like, um, like Nick 2018. I don't like saying his name though. Uh, run the foot market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Nepenthes even streams. Um, who am I? Uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? One of the, one of like the biggest FIFA streamers, Castro. Yes, Castro. Uh huh. Castro, like, uh, Swayback, you know, streamers like that who yeah. you know always have thousand, two thousand, you know, viewers. Yeah. You no, know, maybe someone doesn't want to watch them. Maybe they want to watch, you know, somebody who has like a smaller community, right? Somewhere where they can type and chat and actually talk to the streamer, not to where if they type and chat, they'll be lucky enough for anyone to actually read it. Mm-hmm. So. For that is like it's up to us, you know, the smaller streamer to, you know, show that strong personality, show like who we are, who our community is. Yeah. And, you know, just keeping those, you know, people who want to watch us, you know, keep them in there. One hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And uh I know you've been growing these uh past two months or you know, ever since uh you started. So I want you to keep growing man hit that goal 500 maybe hey maybe we could get to 1k before uh, you know 23 <laughs> so far i've been able to hit at least a goal a month so hopefully for september i can hit that 300 follower goal and then, yeah you know, just follow from there for sure absolutely one step at a time um so where could people find you valhalla your twitch and your social medias luckily everything is my username for everything for Instagram, Twitch, uh, TikTok, and Twitter is all Valhalla Revenant. It's all all the same thing, all the same username, Valhalla Revenant for each and every social media that I'm on. But then Twitch is Valhalla Revenant one, right? Yes. Okay. Because so that's the only sadly difference. Valhalla Revenant has already been taken, so I had to add a one at the end of it. You got you got to talk to that guy, pay him off or something. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny to actually, you know what, I'll actually, I'll see if I can DM be like, yo, can I have my name? I'll pay you like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll, I'll, I'll gift you a sum. Right, right. Yeah, so those are the links for uh, uh, for his content, so check that out. I'll leave it in the description below. Uh, Wilson, thank you. It was a great convo indeed. Narek, I see you, man. Appreciate you stopping by <laughs> and everybody else coming through. Jennifer, Kane. Uh, Sniper, I appreciate every single one of you tuning in. Um, Definitely. Thank you, everyone, for being here. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say before we head out, Vala? Uh, You know, it's Friday. Everyone have a great Friday. Be safe.
but also have fun. You know, always be wary of those those around you. Start of a weekend, so might as well start it with a great Friday and end it till till the end of Sunday. Definitely. All right, man. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.